Welcome to Enroute to Success, where we have raw, vulnerable conversations between Fitz DeSanto, Sam Boyer, and many talented individuals, unraveling the truths and principles of people's experiences, methods to grow, and discovering how to live a fulfilling lifestyle. Buckle up, the journey begins now. I love the heads up from Zoom now. <laughs> that always gets me. <laughs> Ciao and aloha. We are recording on a Friday. And the reason why we have two greetings is because we're interviewing a good friend of mine all the way from Italy. And before we get into that, I need to check in with my co-host, Sam. Samuel Jacob, as I would say. How are <laughs> <Samuel> you? <laughs> Jacob. Yeah. How are you today? The, the lesser known, lesser used form of my name. Um, I'm doing well and I'm also excited because, yeah, we're, we're here with our, our Italian friend and it's a, it's an exciting day. All, all corners of the map covered right now. Absolutely. I'm super excited and I have to share how I met Mirko. And he actually just reminded me before we recorded this on how we met. I know that we met in LinkedIn but I actually met him asking him about how to download a video or some sort because I was very fascinated by his video and it was very remarkable, the power of technology and how that works. And it was almost like what you give is what you get into a universe. And this is something that I would say all three of us are lying. So without further ado, welcome, Mr. Mirko Macaron. I love your last name, by the way, Macaron. It's like a like a food anyways <laughs> hi <laughs> hello guys uh thanks so much for having me it's uh, awesome to be here today and uh i'm really looking forward to this inspiring chat i'm sure it will be one absolutely thank you mirko for taking this time as always well let's get to it as we always started right we always have um give our guests the floor to have Pretty much tell us a little bit of your background, your origin, pretty much your story. I know it for sure. And absolutely your purpose as well. So that's something that we'd like our listeners to see and where you at now and maybe just a brief overview of who Mirko is. That's awesome, guys. Thanks so much again for the opportunity. Um, why don't I start with a purpose? Because it's basically eradicated on uh, who I am, who I was, and who I want to be. Effectively. So my purpose is to inspire and empower people with the power of storytelling, uh, with the ultimate aim of elevating human potential. Uh, it's a pretty uh, ambitious purpose, but that fuels me and it's kind of the propeller uh, of my life. Every single day I look at that purpose and uh, I look at the decision that I make and I try to be really gravitating toward it every single day. I'll tell you a bit about who I am, but let me start with who I was. Okay. Uh, I, was uh, I was a broken kid, uh, grown up in a broken family, uh, abusive stepbrother, abusive father toward my mother. I had so many dreams in my head, but very little money in my pocket. So as I was growing up, I saw there was so much, say, darkness and uh, the belief system that was surrounding me where... Uh, absolutely not in line with my belief system or the ones that I have acquired uh, over the years. So back then, I really had two opportunities because uh, I don't look at problems, I look at opportunities nowadays. But I had two opportunities. One was to basically be who I was, so the struggling kid, and remain one. Or 
change my narrative, change what I was telling myself. And effectively, the story that I was telling myself was uh, absolutely destroying me inside because effectively I was seeing a lot of negativity around me, but I didn't have anything to safeguard me except my mom. So what I did is I started writing a different story of my life that wasn't happening back then, but it was happening inside my head. So I started basically envisioning a life uh, completely uh, diverted from the one that I was living. And that life brought me into actually fast forwarding 15 years on becoming uh, really aligned with my values and who I want to be as a person. So I'll tell you a little bit who I am today. Today, um, I haven't changed my name, so that's the same. <laughs> but I change all the rest. I change my <laughs> belief system. I change a lot of things. Um, today, I'm I'm born as a as a marketer. I spent ten years of my life. Uh, managing marketing for uh, Fortune 100 and 500. Um, I'm also really in love with the power of communication. So I do public speaking and conscious leadership coaching. And I'm also the founder of uh, the Mastery App, which is um, the world's first digital coach consulting company. We are harmoniously blending coaching and consulting uh, to the ultimate aim of helping people and organization to master the most important aspects of life. And uh, that's it. I don't want it to be a monologue, so I'm going to pass it over to you and we go through <laughs> the Q&A, okay? Yeah, let's... No, thank you. That's an overview, Mary Go. Let's let's back up. I want to say that I love the whole storytelling because it's what really people remembers. I also like that you've you're vulnerable enough to say that the story that you even tell yourself are the ones that you didn't like that you had to change it. So we can tell that how powerful storytelling is. But before I ask my other question, I'm getting the look from Sam. Mr. Sam, do you have anything on there? I know you have something, so. Yeah, not to take away from what your question will be, but I love that you chose to have the mindset of rewriting your narrative. That's, uh, that's yes. such a cool you know, aspect to, to think of. Like when you're going through that, most people think like, no, this is how it is, I'm stuck. But like something innately inside of you is like, nope. We're writing a different story, going a different direction. And I just, I love that because I think it, I feel like you're helping people do that for themselves with, you know, what you're doing now. Um, but our audience doesn't quite know all that. So I won't, I won't steal your thunder, but, um, but yeah, no, I just really wanted to highlight that because I think it's an important thing to, to realize. I have to say too, so Mer- yeah, I have to say too, Mirko, that while you, when you started speaking, like I just started nodding because it's, it's aligning with everything that we are trying to do with Sam and I and you. So it's, this is, this is going to be great. I'm excited to peel all this off. And my, <laughs> my next question is that I understand, I know your story moving to Australia, but let's travel, you know, like, because I know coming from Italy, you moved to Australia to work for a marketing company. So my first question with that is how is it working in different country and is that part of your narratives as well when you actually move to Australia? If you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, back up. That's a pretty interesting story. So uh, before moving to Australia, I moved to the UK. I moved mm-hmm. to the UK when I was 19 years old. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and when I moved there, I couldn't speak a single word of English. So effectively, it was like a massive uh, roller coaster. But uh, I couldn't see the way down. It was all like all the way up. And effectively, I was a little bit stuck uh, because I embrace communication in everything I do, but I couldn't communicate. So effectively was really trying to find a way to connect with people, but I couldn't use the verbal power of communication. So moving to a different country has been clearly a shock because I left my mother, uh, which was kind of uh, my... Um, it was my compass in life. And effectively, when I moved there, it was a personal challenge. I think for all the linear, listener that might be struggling or they might be facing challenges, like I was when I was uh, at the young age, probably change scenery is probably one of the best pieces of advice that I could give, simply because darkness will not go away if you are in the room with it, unless you are so powerful that you can basically bring, bring peacefulness in your mind. But 18 years old, I wasn't meditating. Uh, I wasn't a spiritual being. I wasn't, uh, let's say, aligned with my values. So I, I, wasn't, I didn't even know that that was possible to actually be aligned with your values. So effectively, when that happened, uh, moving to another country became a personal challenge. And of course, when you move to a new country, then there are so many beautiful opportunities. There are so many um, intrinsic challenges that are shaping you as a human being. To answer your question, uh, probably when I, I'm going to give you two main pointers of being in the UK. has uh, been, uh, I always define London, that's the place where I've been, like in one sentence, um, London gave me everything. Uh, actually, London gave me a lot, but it took everything. It took so much of me because effectively I was always like 10x. I was always, I wasn't enjoying the moment. I was always chasing the moment. I didn't have the time to actually enjoy a meal and be happy of having a meal because I was always there rushing toward becoming someone that actually I didn't end up becoming because that someone wasn't me. Uh, on uh, the other side of the spectrum, I actually ended up uh, learning English. Uh, I graduated in London and I started my corporate career and my advertising career in London. It brought me into some really great opportunity because I travel the world. I now speak three languages uh, fluently. And um, I also met some wonderful people. That was kind of the first step. A lot of pros. And as always, you have pros, you have cons. It really depends on how you handle it. Wow. What an adjustment, Mirko, right? I would say, because for me, I could totally relate. Because when I moved from the Philippine Islands to the U.S., it's, it's different. I remember them was going to send me on an English second language class. And I said, no, no, no. Like, I could speak, but I just wasn't talking. That was the issue. So I completely could resonate the struggle with you. Any memorable experience that stands out while working in UK or? Uh, yeah, well, uh, lots. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm probably going to give you three, but I'm not going to dive into the stories sure. uh, because otherwise we're going to be here all night. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you really free uh, uh, pillars. They changed my life. Number one, I showed up to the, an interview of the Bulgari Hotel, which is one of the most uh, expensive hotels in the world. Um, and I showed up there the first day of the interview uh, dressed in, um, in gym wear. 
and uh, I actually ended up ended up getting a job, and that started changing my life. Then I made a coffee um, to the right person in the hotel that they gave me the opportunity to actually join the guest relation uh, and service team, and then the PR team. And then I met my mentor that he didn't know I assisted in the hotel. So I knew this guy because the first book that I'd read, that I'd read in my life, it was his book. And the reason why I chose him is because it was about emotional branding and the power of emotional branding. And the second reason was it was full of uh, pictures. And they gave me that couldn't speak the language very well. That was a big help. <laughs> um, and fast forwarding, the same guy I had fallen in love with the concept, he was actually the propeller of starting a career, uh, starting studying in marketing. And then the same guy showed up in uh, the hotel. And that guy was the CEO of uh, Sashi and Sashi, which is one of the biggest advertising group in the world. And uh, I wrote a letter to this guy where I told him my story from the start. And I, in the letter, I just said two things. The first thing I said was, when someone touches you, when someone changes your life, you must tell them. Mm. When someone will completely shift your perception uh, towards something and will make your life better, just make sure that you have the courage of telling them. And uh, that was the first thing you told them, as well as my story. And the second thing I said, a little bit more pragmatic, I said, look, if you will be reporting this letter that would lead me to lose a job that's currently paid for my uni uh, because that job was paying for my university. I was working at night and studying during the day. I did that for three years. Uh, and what happened is uh, the guy was just incredibly wonderful. He invited me to a meeting with him around two months from the day I'd written the letter. And he said, Mirko, you need a break. You work too hard. You will end up self-destroying yourself or sleeping three hours a night. And... Um, what happened then was incredible. I left the Bulgar Hotel pursuing um, the dream of, uh, of my life, of actually joining uh, Sasha and Sasha. Back then, it was, was a big deal for me. Fun enough, I had uh, actually applied to get a job there a few months before and uh, got rejected. And I had applied to 337. I still remember like yesterday, I was spending my night applying or jobs, 337 jobs I applied in around one year and a half uh, without never getting a, a response or uh, an interview until that very moment. So this taught me one very big lesson in life. You have two choices. You can uh, do what other people do and uh, hope that you will stand out or take unconventional approach, which is well-structured, is well-calibrated because that could go a very, very long way. And uh, that could even help you to meet your mentor and start and change your narrative for life. Wow. Talk about bold and brave. Sam. And furious. <laughs> <laughs> and curious. Sam. Yeah. I, I want to know how you felt whenever you decided to actually pursue the dream. Like, were you, was it mostly excitement, fear, apprehension, like numbness, like what was the, what was the feeling there that you had? I think I wasn't shocked. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> if I need to be honest, you know, the beautiful story of it is I was working at night. So I had all the people of the night, all the night workers from the cleaners, from the security, from the receptionist and so on. They were seeing my enormous sacrifices night after night of showing up 
uh, or massive bag under my eyes. And I was always responding and saying, I sure that one day it will pay off. Every person was saying, Mirko, what are you doing? It's crazy. You're self-destroying yourself. You can't spend three hours sleeping and going straight to university. And I was, one day it will pay off. And, uh, and he did. You know, he actually did. What the story that I was telling myself paid off. Uh, that guy showed up in the hotel. Um, I took the leap of faith of writing the letter. And uh, I still have the letter. And when I actually left the hotel and I walked into this uh, big corporate advertising agency, there was a, a massive sign in this big building in London, which it was saying nothing is impossible. And that's why I was so connected to this uh, advertising agency because effectively nothing really is impossible. Uh, it's only impossible if you believe it is. Uh, it's only possible if you believe it is. So the choice is always yours. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I, I love that shock <laughs> led to all that. <laughs> that's, and, and also I, I totally respect the, the grind, you know, of, of hustling on the night shift and studying and, and all of that. I, I went through two years of, of the night shift so I can, I can relate to how that feels, but I'm super happy it paid off. And I feel like, I feel like we need a movie of Mirko's life. Like seriously you know, five years from now, like I think we need, yeah. we need to see this. <laughs> well, hopefully he comes back to this podcast. <laughs> Mirko. Um, Mirko, I want to know when did you move to Australia? So from UK and then you moved to Australia and then what drove that? Yeah, well, wonderful question. I think I moved in the lowest uh, moment of my life. I was actually writing a reflection today where I was saying I had gotten where I wanted to be. I was a, uh, I was a, like a senior marketing uh, manager back then at 27 years old for uh, a massive tech company, one of the top three in the world. I was emotionally broken. I was, I'd worked so hard to become that person that when I did become that one, I was emotionally broken. So I literally uh, went to my uh, partner uh, and I said, unfortunately, I'm not aligned with who I wish to become one day. And uh, this place is not enabling me to become who I want to be. So I'm going to leave London. Uh, if, you, if you respect that, if we can work out a plan for you to come with me, that would be wonderful. But uh, uh, I feel like I'm dying inside and uh, I cannot be dying at 27 years old after all the work they've done to get here. So that back then, I was lucky enough that my partner, Sophia, uh, completely embraced because it's, she saw the struggle day after day. She saw that I was like absolutely miserable and uh, I was in the verge of a depression. And uh, I didn't know it was called depression until I realized it was because I asked my mom and she said, yes, that's depression. Uh, and I was like, okay, I need to change something. And then um, what I did is what I do best, I reinvent myself. So I reinvented myself. I left Australia. I walked into my, the office of my uh, big boss back then. And I said, I love this place. I love the team. I love everything I do. But this environment, London itself, um, has been really darkening uh, the, the lightest part of myself uh, over the last eight years because I had spent a long time there. So I'm going to quit and I'm going to move to Australia. 
and uh, and and I did. In uh, basically around forty five days, I quit my job. I had packed up all my stuff. I uh, I told my mom that she was expecting me to get closer, and instead I got even further. And uh, I moved to Australia. Yeah. And I was reborn. By the way, that was a rebirth of myself. That was an incredible realignment with who I want to be and who I'm striving to be day after day. So, wow. so lucky. Can you back up a little bit here? I'm going to peel that off when you say you're done. <laughs> Sam is laughing. <laughs> this is what Fitz does best. So let, let, let him do it. <laughs> Sorry, Mirko. I got I to gotta do it. I want to be myself. <laughs> Mirko, when you say, I mean, in all seriousness, when you say dying inside, how did that feel like? And also what made you get into that perception or conclusion? Because what was it like? And, I could feel the passion coming from you, even through the screen. Like when you say that you're dying inside and you're dark, it's darkening you. What was it? What do you mean by that? Well, there was no joy. Uh, there was mm. no joy in the simplest moments. There was uh, mm. no joy in, um, in the beautiful moment. There was no mm. joy in a sunny day. And uh, mm. if you ask any average person that lived in London, there's definitely a little bit of joy if it's sunny in London. And I think back then, um, the, the challenge wasn't London. It was me. It was that the environment had kind of brought me to a place of culmination versus not becoming what I wanted to be. I knew there was uh, absolutely not aligned with my values. And effectively, when, and this is an interesting one, when I moved to Australia, this is a great lesson that I learned a lot to share with your audience. And I, write, I like to wrap it up in one sentence and then I'll, I'll break it down is, look, it doesn't matter. You can move in the other side of the world, but if you don't make peace with yourself, if you cannot find the sun inside yourself, you cannot find it outside. Mm. Uh, effectively, it's really all about looking inside yourself and trying to find and reawaken all the things that makes you who you are, you know, all the little joy, all the moments of um, all the people that are wonderfully part of your life. And effectively, I moved over across the world. I moved my entire life across the world, but I was still living in uh, London mode. I was still miserable. I was still killing myself at work. I was working like 70 to 75 hours a week. Um, oh I had stepped up in my position as uh, responsible of the marketing for Australia uh, with my with a wonderful uh, marketing director that I had back then, and effectively, uh, even there, I felt that something was wrong. And for the first six months, it was wrong. Nothing had changed, even though I was in a beautiful place. And then, and then, well, then look, COVID happened, and uh, my life changed for the first time in my life. I had the opportunity to be a passenger, to stop and listen, to stop and look, to stop and reconnect to myself. And when I did that, everything started making sense and my life changed. And today I feel I've never been as aligned with my values, even though I've changed my life again, I found my values and no one can take them away from me now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Same. I just, I just want to say I'm, I'm just impressed and I want people to feel encouraged with like your willingness to like, just make these changes. You know, there's a lot of little changes that lead up to these major ones you're highlighting, but like that's three essentially, or if not more major life changes 
just to get to a sense of like peace where you can find how to live towards your values. And I just think that's, I feel like that should be everyone's quest <laughs> in life, you know, it, and most people, I, I don't know that they find it until later on. And it's just remarkable that you were not giving up on that, even though you made this huge shift, because I was going to expect it to be all sunshine and rainbows, right? Once you get to Australia, just kind of listening to your story. And then it wasn't. So then for you to have to like reevaluate again and still trust yourself to know that you're like on the right path with working through this, I just think it's really, really remarkable. Thanks so much, Tom. Yeah, I, I agree with Sam. Uh, another thing that I was just thinking while you were talking, Mirko and, and Sam, to all our listeners out there, which I know they're probably thinking about it as well. When you say that it wasn't right and it still didn't feel right, like how did that feel? Because we might have some listeners that are feeling the same way as you are and having this thought of like, you know what, this might not be right. How did you know that when when you say, and we're, we're going to dive into the next question, but this is a great segue because I want to tackle the entrepreneurship and the mastery hub for sure with Mirko, but how we got there. But when you say that it wasn't right and it still didn't feel right to me, even I was in Australia, what was it like? And can you explain and elaborate that for us and our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I couldn't say it. I couldn't say it myself. Uh, I was convinced that everything was right, but it wasn't until my partner uh, back then said, uh, Mirko, nothing has changed. You work even harder than before. You work like 70 to 75 hours a week. Mm -hmm. uh, you work from Monday to Saturday, and then on Sunday, it's kind of the only day that you have, and you're so tired that you don't want to go out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and effectively, nothing has changed. It's like we are living in a box. And uh, she was like, you know, I trusted you. We moved across the world. And uh, I feel like we are not living. We are like just, you know, stalling or vegetating. Um, and effectively, then there was kind of a really big moment when I started looking at all the things around me and I started doing a self-assessment and I started going through really uh, granularly breaking down every single pillar of my life that was important uh, to me. So I started looking at my family. I started looking at my career. Okay. It's unfortunate that we got cut off, you guys, but this is real life. Mirko is all the way from Italy, and our Wi-Fi got cut off, so we do apologize. We will see you guys on the second part. And always remember, even small, small victory is worth to be grateful for. We'll see you guys soon.